0: We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Welcome everybody to Redemption Church. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? We are worshiping the Lord, experiencing His promises, all of His wonderful promises here in Plano, Texas. Thank you everyone for joining us in person, and online. We are thankful for every one of you. We are in the fifth week of our sermon series. It's called Peace of Mind. It's about mental health, and we've been talking about it. And I want to get to this message as soon as possible. But there's something I need to handle in this church. There's a problem in this church that we're just going to take a moment and handle it. We're going to handle it right now. Here it is. You ready? Somebody's been talking bad about me. You didn't think I'd find out, but I found out somebody's talking real bad about me, and we're going to handle it right here and right now. Somebody's been talking bad about me, and I tried to ignore it first. Then I tried to let it slide. Some of y'all are getting nervous. Yeah, you didn't know I heard. Yeah, right? But it has become a huge problem, and I don't usually confront people in public and call them out, but today I'm going to. Someone has been lying about me, and I have a picture of them. They are right here. The truth is, no one talks bad about Chris Fluitt like me, Chris Fluitt. I have never seen someone so mean to me as when I look at myself in the mirror. It's the absolute truth. The things I say to myself are so negative, And they are so nasty. And they are so untrue. Some of them are true. Most of them are absolutely untrue. In fact, I say things about myself that I would never say to anyone else. Somebody say amen if you relate to that. I have never looked someone in the face and said, you idiot. But I often say that about myself. I have never told anyone how worthless they are but I've said it of myself. And I'm known for my optimism. I'm known for a, a can-do spirit when I talk to others. In fact, I have, I have been able, it's like a gifting of mine. I can, I can stand in really hardship, real hard, difficult, seemingly hopeless situations and try to speak love to it, try to speak peace to it, try to find Hope to those situations. But inside my own self, I have often wondered why bother you failure. Now, I'm not telling you this to get awes. I'm not telling you this to feel sorry for Chris Fluitt. Here's what I think. I think you relate to it. I think you relate to it more than you want to admit publicly here with an amen. What do you say when you talk to yourself? I want you to think about that for a moment. What is it that you say to yourself? Now, I'm not talking about the reminders you give yourself. Anybody do this? Now, remember, you got to pick up the kids today. They don't like to be left all by themselves in scary, dark, Plano. You got to go pick up the... Or how about this one? Pick up milk. Your wife has asked you many times. And butter while you're at it. That's, that's stuff you, you do to try to keep yourself on track. A to-do list. No, I'm talking about your self-talk. I'm talking talk to yourself that is about yourself. That defines yourself. Jesus! Jesus! What is it you say to yourself and you say it over and over again? Do you have a certain thing you say to yourself and you find yourself saying it over and over and over again? Somebody nod to me because y'all making me like feel a little weird about myself. We're just in now. Y'all pray for me because pastor is weird. Today, we're going to be talking about negativity. And I have entitled today's message, The Negativity Loop, The Negativity Loop. Loop thinking is the term for it. Loop thinking can be described as feeling like a prisoner of your thoughts. Being trapped in a series of emotions and thoughts. Have you ever noticed that emotions and thoughts, they're almost one and the same? Uh, You feel a certain way, you'll think a certain way. You think a certain way, you'll feel a certain way. It's being trapped like a prisoner by your emotions and your thoughts that seem to repeat themselves. Over and over again. What are your negative thought loops? What are they? When you look at yourself, do you think, I'm always going to be a fat slob? When you're in traffic, do you think to yourself, well, of course you're going to get in my way. I knew it. This was going to happen. Some idiot has gotten in my way. Is that you? It's a negative thought loop. just happens to happen every time you get in a car. Your thought on money, I'm always going to struggle. Is that your negative loop? I'm always going to struggle with money. I'm never going to climb out of this. With your relationships, I can't really trust them. I can't really, how can I ever really trust them? When you do something wrong, do you just go to the worst? You're the worst. I'm the idiot. I'm so stupid. Of course I did that. Of course. You can't even fill in the blank. Right? Right? You can't even open a soda bottle. Right, Chris Fluitt? I've I've done these things. Like silly, stupid things. Yeah. Pull out your phone, accidentally drop. You can't even pull out your phone. And the loop goes on. The loop goes on. The loop goes on. So much you think that's normal. So much you just think that's, that's alright. And it's not. What do you say when you talk to yourself? What is it? God teaches us in His Word that what you say to yourself matters more than you can imagine. What you say to yourself is actually very powerful and it is something you should Pay close attention to. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23. Good news translation reads it this way. Be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. Other versions tie this to the heart. Be careful about your heart because everything flows out of it. This version says it ties it to your mind. That's interesting. Your mind and your heart are kind of the seat of your emotions and who you are. Everything kind of flows out of these situations. The thoughts that you have, everything's shaped by them. It's not just silly self-talk. It actually matters. And it shapes your life. Scientists call this the law of cognition. If you want, you can push up your nerd glasses for one moment. Scientists call this the law of cognition. And here's the a very, like the bare bones, simple version of this law, right? What you think affects what you believe, and what you believe affects what you feel, and ultimately how you feel affects what you do. Y'all follow that? Think, believe, feel, act. When we see in the news, there was someone who did something really bad. Think about that. You don't have to think too hard because there's someone in the news every day. That's, I just check the papers every day to make sure it's not me yet. But you see these people that have done sometimes unspeakable acts. And you say, how on earth could they do that? How could they do that? That awful thing they did. How could they do that? Well, attached to what they did was how they felt. Attached to how they felt is what they believed. And attached to what they believed is what they thought. It all started with a thought. All this matters. I like this quote from... A pastor, an author, his name is David Tripp. He says, no one is more influential in your life than you are because no one talks to you more than you do. It's pretty true. Nobody talks to you more than you. So you are incredibly influential in your own life. We must change the way we think if we're going to change our life. Can we just be honest for a moment? Raise your hand proudly if you want some things in your life to change all over this house. Yes, oh Lord, it starts with our mind. Lord, right now, touch our mind. Tonight, in this moment, Jesus. change the way we think. Bring newness to our mind. Renew our thoughts. In Jesus' name. I want you to know... I, I really believe this. And I I love every one of you. This is not a negative on you as a person. But I want to tell you just very bluntly. Some of us are talking ourselves into a life that we hate. It's only leading us down a road of no hope. It's leading us down a road where we'll quit. It's leading us down a road where we will be... Bound by anxiety and fall into depression. It's leading us to those places. And it all starts with a thought. Your thoughts have incredible power. Can you say that out loud? Your thoughts have incredible power. I'm telling you, even a Texas Aggie. A&M jokes. Even, Even silly people that even people that might not have as high as an IQ of you, their thoughts are incredibly powerful. Every thought is incredibly powerful. There is no question that that is true. And scripture tells us over and over. And also our experience informs us that it's true. The biggest difference in success and failure is not social, economic, Cultural and systemic privileges, but how a person thinks. I have seen people overcome the worst situations. They've overcome systemic racism. They've overcome cultures' gaps. They've overcome living in a social economic poverty state. But the way they thought, they thought to themselves, it's not always going to be like this. I'm going to climb out of this situation. Your thoughts, that can lead you to overcome any obstacle. Your thoughts can also bury you and convince you to not even try. It's, it all comes from the same source. Your thoughts have incredible power. Here's the next one. You have incredible power over your thoughts. Can you say that new sentence for me? You have incredible power over your thoughts. You do not have to be held hostage by your thoughts. You are not a powerless victim to your thoughts. By the power of God, you can change your thoughts. And changing your thoughts ends up changing the way you live. Paul told us this in Romans chapter 8 verse 5. He says, those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. So, two ways of life are present in this verse. Do you see them? Yeah. One's the flesh. What's the flesh? We're not talking about your skin. It's not your skin here when he talks about your flesh. It is about a sinful nature. Yeah. And the Spirit here is not Casper the Friendly Ghost. The Spirit here is God's Holy Spirit and God's will for your life. You had questions about Spirit and, and flesh. That's how you explain that right there. The difference between these two ways of life, however, is set in the mind. Paul shows us where you set your mind. That's the difference. Is there any difference between these two lives that are lived? The next verse tells us. Yeah. Big difference. Verse 6. The mind governed by the flesh is dead. And the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. How do you want to live? You want to choose between those two? Who wants death and destruction? Anybody up for that today? It's like, oh my gosh. Yes. Or who wants life and peace? Amen. Yes, yeah. When I say life... When I say life, I don't mean just going through the day. I mean like Jesus as your source of life. I mean a heart pumping with passion. And a future. I mean a a life that means something. And not only that, peace. A life that walks through struggles, but still has peace. A life that, that faces situations. A life where... Things don't always go right, but they're still alive and they are still at peace. Destructive thoughts or thoughts that are full of life and peace. That's your option today. Why are negative thoughts so powerfully toxic? Why does that matter so much? Well, according to neuroscience, we'll just go full nerd today. According to neuroscience, there is a thing called Negativity bias. Negativity bias. Negative events imprint on our brains more quickly and linger longer than positive ones. That's the notion of negative bias. Look over that sentence. Think about it. Negative events imprint on our brains more quickly and linger longer than positive ones. So what does that mean? They are set quicker and they stay longer. What, maybe you don't believe it, so, so let's get this. What spreads quicker on social media, positivity or negativity? Yeah, negativity by, by a lot, right? On the news app, what story gets the most clicks, the positive story or the negative story? Yeah, they got that right at the top of the app. When you give a presentation and you get positive responses on your work, but you get that one negative remark. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. What does your mind dwell on? Do you go, wow, 10 positive? That's over 90%. 10 out of 11, baby. I'm on fire. No. Come on. Somebody honest today. What sticks with you? Oh, that 11th one. Gosh. Oh. Nine out of 10 doctors recommend Crest. And Crest was like, what? It's about that 10th. That 10th doctor's holding out on us. But but what's negative, it imprints quicker and it lingers longer than the positive. And we're not talking about like, you know, Just you? No, we're talking about this. Is how your brain works. You are wired for two things: flight or fight. You know this, right? And when you're in danger, your your body's immediately going to do one of these two things. You're either going to want to fight; it's time to defend yourself, or you're going to want to run away, run. And this happens every time you're in danger, in stressful situations. It's actually God who designed our brains to release cortisol into the blood system and it makes us it, there's some wonderful benefits to it. Cortisol makes you more alert, it makes you more focused, it makes you ready to respond. And your body in those moments just floods it with it and you're like, "Whoa, I'm ready to run <laughs> or I'm ready to fight." Yeah. However, when we are in a constant negative loop. We are always in a state of stress and our body and our mind and our heart is overwhelmed by this constant state of emergency. Some of us are living in a constant state of emergency. We wake up in the middle of the night and we're worried for like no reason. We hear the phone ring and we're worried before we've even seen who it is. We're just worried We go to the mailbox and we're worried about what could be in the mailbox. We're worried. And this constant state of emergency, guess what? Your body does what it was designed to do. It releases cortisol into your body. And our bodies always feel like they're in danger. And we weren't designed to always live on this edge. This was designed for those special moments where you need to run... Fight or flight. But it's become our every day. It's become our every moment. It's become, you are flooding your body with cortisol on the drive-in to work. No wonder you hate that job. Your body is killing itself. Just going. Remind me, the mind governed by the flesh is what? The mind governed by the flesh is what? It's death. It's destruction. And this is destructive and it's killing us. Somebody say, yeah. Yeah. The way and what's what's the basis? The way we think. Heart attacks. they're, They're on the decline, right? But we have all this medical brilliance. We've got more medicine than ever. We're smarter than ever. Oh, surely heart attacks are on the decline, right? Oh, on, the, on the rise. The need for medicine, for anxiousness and depression, that's kind of lowering now, right? What? Where is it going? It's going up, up, up. They are starting kids on this stuff way early now. That's right. Mental and physical exhaustion. That's on the decline. People are at more arrest just watching Netflix. We, you realize we have more entertainment venues? We have more of things that are at our fingertips for enjoyment than anywhere on the face of the planet. But we are mentally and physically exhausted at a rate and a level that we've never been before. The negative. The negative thoughts, the negative people, the negative news, the negative feelings, the negative memories, the negative actions. We're exposed to it constantly on a loop. You're exposed to negative things that happened to you 20 years ago because it's on the loop. In week one, we showed you actual neurons connecting. Do you remember that? Gosh, all these negative thoughts are connecting neural pathways. In your mind. When you think a thought once. It becomes easier to think it again. So your negativity. Becomes a habit. You are so good. At being negative. Next resume. Don't put that on there. What are your skills? Negativity. Baby I've been doing that for years. I'm good at it. Don't put that. This tip for you. Do not put that, wait, throw that resume out. We'll fill a new one out. Don't do that. Able to work through difficult times. We'll put that in there instead. Good, it's better. But negativity becomes a habit. What is your negativity habit? What is it? Let's identify it today so we can change it. You got to define it. You got to name it so you can change it. Now, here's the deal. I'm not going to hand you a mic and make you change, say it out loud. I'm not going to let you do that, make you do that. But I want you to be real today. And I want you to really identify an area where you are on the loop, the hamster wheel of negativity. I read a little bit this week about cognitive distortions. And there's actually like 15 of these things, 15 of them that I found. Cognitive distortions. I'm going to break it down to you a lot easier today. I got four areas of negativity. Four areas of negativity. Here's number one. Cynicism. A general distrust for people and their motives. And because of this distrust, and yeah, you have good reason. I get it. I get it. I won't talk you out of that. You have good reason not to... You have people that were not trustworthy and you gave them your life and they wrecked it. I get it. But that cynicism is an area of negativity for you. And so the next person you meet, you don't trust them either. That church hurt you so you don't trust this one either. That other pastor hurt you so you don't trust this one either. I get it. I get it. I get it. You just, But let me add this to you. Uh, Your distrust of the motives of others often reveal your problems. With your own motives. Next one. Negative filtering. One of the four areas of negativity. Negative filtering. What is that? Well. That's seeing what's wrong. While overlooking what's good and right. And y'all have all known that person. That everything's Everything's coming up roses in their life. There's beauty all over their life. But they're focused on that one thing. And Because that one thing's there. It's all wrong. That is called. Negative filtering. And it it gets kind of silly sometimes. It could look like this. The kids were supposed to be back at 7. It's 6.55. They've died in a terrible car accident. I knew it. I knew I shouldn't have given them the keys. They are all over 75 right now. They are between the, 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 the exit of Spring Creek and Legacy right now. And I mean all over it. The people think that way. That's negative filtering. What has gone wrong so far? Nothing. It's six fifty-five. They said they'd be back at seven. Maybe they're running late. You can address that. They didn't die in a fiery blaze yet. It's good. But when you're negative filtering, there's no talking reason to that because everything's negative. How about this one? My friend did not text me back. I knew they hated me. Yeah. They're, what? They're, like, they're like, I'm so sorry, I broke my phone. And they're like, yeah, You broke your phone because you didn't want to talk to me. I get it. Uh, uh, How about this one? Oh, gosh, preaching. Ooh. Ouch. Somebody say ouch preemptively. Ouch. Whoa. I was not perfect on my strict diet today. I'm a failure, so I'm just going to go to the buffet. Next one, that was negative filtering. How about this one? Absolute thinking. That is polarizing all are nothing thought. All blank are blank. All of them. All Christians are blank. All churches are blank. Well, wait, don't don't riot on this one, but here it comes. All Democrats and Republicans are blank. All men and women are blank, right? We could throw race in there also. We could throw any social economic status. And I'm telling you, all of that stuff is nuts except for this. All Philadelphia Eagle fans need to pray through. And giant fans. We're playing them tonight. That's absolute thinking. And it's so negative, you'll never be happy. And that's why when political season comes around, oh, you look out. Unhappiness just shoots through the roof. How about this? This is the last one I'm going to tell you about. It's blaming. Believing that you're always the victim and it's someone else's fault. You feel out of control. You feel powerless and you're too weak to change your life. These four things are just so negative and they're they're really, I think, the top four that might be somewhere in your life. So I want to ask you this. Can people change? They can. Is it easy? By God's grace, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Gosh. Sometimes it takes an absolute miracle to change somebody. So, the... This was the focus of a study. I want to tell you about the study. I'll be short on it. We'll keep it interesting. But there is a new surgical procedure. That's how they introduced it to two groups of people. They told them about a new surgical procedure. And they gave the rates of success and failure in this surgical procedure. And here were the rates. Everybody knew the rates. There was 70% success. And there was 30% failure. Pretty simple math, right? So already, there is above 50% chance of what? Yeah, there's a... I mean, it's, it's the majority of outcome is success, right? And this is the exact same procedure. Everything is exactly the same. But there are different outcomes that they tell... This group of people about. 70% positive. 30% negative. When they asked the people in the study. If they wanted the procedure done. They asked it one of two ways. These are the two groupings. Half of the people they presented the procedure. With the positive. They said hey do you want to try this procedure. With a 70% success rate. How do you think most of the people responded? They said Yeah, that's right. And that that shouldn't be that big of a surprise, right? We all understand that. Predictably, they reacted positively to the positive presentation. The other half of the people, they were presented with the same procedure, but with a negative presentation. They said, do you want to try this procedure with a 30% failure? rate. How do you think those people responded? Boom. No. They said, no. Thank you. All right. Is this a surprise? No. This is predictable, right? Okay. The study was not on how people respond to positive and negative thought. That's pretty predictable. The study was about, could they change from positive to negative? Could they change from negative to to positive? If we change the narrative, if we change the words, if we change what we focus on, will it change how we think? So, they followed up with the people who said yes. High people who said yes. I know you said you want to have the procedure done because of that 70% success rate. But listen, we also have to tell you that there is a 30% failure rate? Do you still, I got to make sure, do you still want to have this procedure done? How do you think they responded? Did they stay positive? They went negative. The majority of the people, when asked, when given the, the negative presentation, they went, you know what? No, thanks. That's just too risky. It's too much risk. They went negative. They went negative. It's possible to go from positive to negative. But wait, what about the other way? Then they went to the initially negative and they said, listen, we understand that the chance of failure concerns you, but we also want you to know that there is a 70% of these procedures that succeed. Do you want to reconsider? How do you think they responded? Did they stay negative or did they go positive? Is anyone brave enough to give me a thumb sign? They stayed negative. Are the numbers different? Did the procedure change? No. What's going on here? The words change, but they went negative. They stayed negative. What does it mean? Well... Remember when I talked about negative bias. Negative events imprint on the brains more quickly and linger longer than the positive ones. When these people had that negative experience at the beginning, it set and it lingered. When these people had the positive experience in the beginning, but then they had a negative experience, it set and it lingered. That's negativity bias. Next week we're talking about trauma. Some of you have experienced something so negative in your life. It, it needs to be addressed. We want to address it. And those negative events imprint on us. And they linger. But with God's help. We can be set free. I want you to be here next week for that. It's an important message. Now a simple change in conversation. Change people from positive to Negative. Remember? Just simple words. Whew. That's the power of negativity around you, right? I've seen positive people. There are people who have left the church service on cloud nine, but they went into the next negative person, and it was like, gone. But it is not so simple to change people who have experienced the negative. Even though it was the same procedure, the same math, They stayed negative. I want to tell you, you're going to need more than a pep talk to change your mind and set you free from the negative loop. You're going to need more than a self-help book that you read. That is going to be so good for you to read that, but you're going to need more than words on a page. You will need more than a simple explanation of how the positive is actually better than the negative. 70% versus 30%. You're going to need more than logic if you're going to be set free. Do you see this? And you're going to need more than an inspirational poster with the kitty hanging onto a rope. And there's words that say, hang in there. I love inspiration. But Negativity? is going to be set free from negativity is going to require more than all of these things. I believe that change in your mind is more supernatural than natural. Everything I listed was natural. But what you really need to set you free is supernatural. Anybody know who I'm talking? Does anybody know somebody who does the supernatural? Am I in a church that believes in the supernatural power of Jesus Christ? Negativity spreads so much faster than positivity. The negative bias is real. But God, you better believe he's He's real. And He's able to change you from the inside out. He is able to rework Things that have been set in you. Things that have lingered in you. And He's able to rip that out. And He's able to give you a new heart. A new mind. And a new spirit in you. He's able to do it all. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm going to ask our musicians to come listen. I'm closing. I'm closing. I, I want to be fast enough. For two things tonight, I want to be fast enough so Charles can watch his Cowboys. But also, I want to be fast enough because I know you're going to need time talking to God tonight about the negative loop that you've been trapped in. So I'm close to closing. Will you just give me your full attention the rest of the way? I have a single, simple story to share with you. It's from 1 Samuel chapter 30. You don't even have to turn to it today. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 30 if you want to go look it up later. David, that shepherd boy, that worshiper, and that king-to-be of Israel, he is hit with more negativity than he can handle in a single moment. David is on the run from King Saul. So that's the backdrop of his story. He's promised to be king. He's anointed the future king, but he's not yet king. And the the present king wants to kill him. And it was already one of the most negative, difficult moments of his life. But then 1 Samuel chapter 30 happens. I'm going to begin reading at verse 3. When David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire. And their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. Take that literal. Think about that for a moment. Big strong soldiers weeping so hard that they can't even have the strength to weep anymore. Verse 5, David's two wives had been captured, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. Verse 6, David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. David and his men were trying to do good elsewhere. They were trying to rescue people from a brutal regime. While they were trying to do good elsewhere, enemies came to their home and burnt their homes and took their wives and took their children. In the middle of this unthinkable negative event, it somehow finds a way to get worse. David's own men blame him and they plot to kill him. They plot to take stones and hit him with stones until he's dead. That's what stoning is. David, what does he have here? He has enemies on top of enemies. He has enemies over there that he's fighting. But he had other enemies that came to his home while he was over there. So there's enemies there. And they are all gone. And, and then he turns around. And his own men are his enemies. He has so many enemies. David looks around and he sees not a single ally. There's not a single person. There's not a single one that takes him. Puts their hand on his shoulder. There's not a single person that says. You tell us what to do. And we are with you. There's not a single person that's a friend in this moment. He is so alone in this moment. And it hits all at once. Some of you feel like this. You have enemies on top of enemies. And sometimes you look around and there's no allies to be found. That's you. That's you today. You've had good things taken away from you and destroyed. You've tried to do good things, but somebody you even love sometimes has come and sabotaged you and shut you down. You have been blamed and others plot against you. What can be done? Well, here is what David did. Verse 6 ends this way. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. How did David do this? Be a little funny a little bit. I, I thought about this this week. How did David do it? It doesn't tell us exactly how David did this. What did David say? I wish they would have written that down. What did David sing? What did David pray? What did David? Did he fall on his face? What was his position when he worshipped? Right? We don't know. We aren't told. Because it's not meant For you to copy how someone else encouraged themselves in their God. It's for you to learn how to encourage yourself in your God. In your own authentic, real way. Now in the following verse, David does pray. But before that verse, before he prays, he encouraged himself. Nobody came to him, he didn't open up his email and go, oh, there's my daily devotional for today. He didn't do that. Didn't do that. He didn't go to his room and, though there's that cat poster I always look at when I'm feeling down. No, he didn't do those things. He didn't, he didn't have any of that. But he did something. I'd like to think that the word that he had hidden in his heart, that he may not sin against God, I'd like to think that he pulled some of that out. But it doesn't say. Before he prayed, he encouraged himself. Before anything good happened, he encouraged himself in the Lord. In this moment, in this awfully negative moment, David found encouragement not in a natural place because there was nothing naturally encouraging in this moment. It was all bad and it was as bad as you think it is. You know how sometimes you have that friend go, it's not all bad. No, sometimes it is all bad, friend. Sometimes it's all bad. In those moments, in First Samuel 30 moments, you can find encouragement, not in a natural place, but in a supernatural place. Amen. I want to suggest that in this mind, in this moment, David set his mind on the things of God. Remember, the mind that is governed by the flesh is set on the things of the flesh and it leads to what? Death. But the mind that is governed on the spirit, it seeks the things of the spirit and its mind, his mind is set on the spirit and it receives life. Peace. There's a song you used to hear in church I didn't understand at all. It was an old, old spiritual song. You, you know this one. And I didn't get it, but the more I've gone through life, I get it. That song was real simple. It said, I woke up this morning with my mind. Stayed on, Jesus. I woke up this morning with my mind. Stayed on, Jesus. I woke up this morning with my mind. It was stayed on, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 See, I didn't understand that. But I've gone through some times where I just had to wake up in the morning and get my mind off the things that are in the natural and get my mind stayed on Jesus. My mind focused on him. My mind thinking on him. Now listen, this story about David, it ends well. Some of you don't know the story. The the story ends as well as it could possibly end. It ends so well, they don't lose a single person. They don't lose a single wife. They don't lose a single son and daughter. And those men are more dedicated to David than they've ever been. And they fight with him until he is absolutely the next king of Israel. Hooray! What a good story. It's a good story. My, My final thought is this today. It takes a lot of time and effort in the natural to overcome negativity bias. That, that system with the checks and the X's there. It takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. It is possible, but very difficult to build positive neural pathways when you've built so many that are negative. It's possible. But it's really difficult. But if you will take your mind and focus it on God. He's able to change your thoughts in an instant. Yeah. And he's able to change the situation right then and right there. You can be encouraging the Lord your God today. Come break the negativity loop right now. These altars are open. I want to pray with somebody in this place. If you want prayer in this place, I want you to come in the first two feet. I want to come and pray for you that God would break the pattern of negativity in your life. Come think on God today. Come speak His Word. Come worship. Come surrender. Come receive something that's beyond the natural. That is supernatural. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for everyone in this house and I pray for everybody watching and listening online. God, break this negativity loop. Help us to set our minds on the things of you. God, help us to break all of these areas that we are bound by negativity. The things that we think about others. The polarization, God. God, that negative filtering. All of it, Jesus. The blaming of others. We surrender it right now in Jesus' name. Come on. Somebody can be set free today in this moment. Jesus' name, set us free. 214 856 0550.